Okay. Welcome to my channel. My name is Lisa Allistway and I create inspirational and informational videos you can use and apply to your life. Today's guest is Venezia Magayas, also known as Professor Dracolino. He is a sixth degree black belt under Carlos Gracie Jr. and is the head instructor of, of Gracie Baja Texas and Gracie Baja BH schools. He holds many titles, including four-time Pan-American champion, one-time no-gi Pan-American champion in 2008, two-time Brazilian national champion, two-time silver medalist at the World BJJ Championships, and MMA lightweight champion in Brazil. With more than 30 years of teaching experience, Professor Dracolino is considered one of the best instructors in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. His students include national and world BJJ champions, mixed martial arts champions, and more than 500 black belts. Welcome, Professor Dracolino. Thank you for having me, Liz. It's a pleasure. Good to see you again. You too. So um, can we start all the way back? Let's rewind it to Brazil, where you're from. Can you tell us a little bit about that, where you grew up? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I was born in Rio, Rio de Janeiro. And... Um, my, my mom and my dad are also from Rio de Janeiro. So uh, basically I have two brothers, I mean, one brother and one sister. And uh, it was, you know, the best childhood and, and teenage years that I could ever, ever have. You know, like Rio is like a beautiful, I don't know if you've been there before, but it's I one have. of the most beautiful cities in the world. But at the same time, very wild, very crazy. You know, Brazil is like a, like a, a place that can be like a very volatile in a bunch of different things, you know? Mm -hmm. So me growing up in there gave me uh, something that I take for the rest of like uh, my life or my professional life or my relationships and everything, which is, it gives you a little bit of like, a, in a good sense, a, a street smart uh, 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 aspect of the personality that you you kind of like, get ahead of some other things. You already know what to expect in certain situations and from certain people because it's so common in Brazil, you know, like uh, all kinds of things, you know, some uh, somebody always trying to take advantage out of you or somebody tried to rob you or somebody tried to beat you up. And so you get, you know, that smartness that is very, you know, important in my life nowadays. I have the clear vision that that was meant to be, you know, so God put me in that place for me to have that up, upbringing and then I can like uh, use the positive to translate to everything that I do in my life. So it was pretty much it. I used to, to do judo when I was really young. Like I started judo with five or six years old. And I always play soccer. Every Brazilian kid plays soccer and loves soccer. Soccer is number one sport in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And uh, after I started to surf. So surfing was my first sport, big passion. I was like, completely addicted to surfing. As a matter of fact, we move houses, my family move houses to live right in front of the beach in Rio. So I could surf pretty much every day that I wanted. And uh, I went to jujitsu. I started to train jujitsu, not because of judo, but because of surfing. Huh. Because through the surfing circles, I got to know the Gracie family. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much, they're pretty much my neighbors there. And then one thing led to the other. I still love surfing, but you know, jiu-jitsu is pretty much my life, my lifestyle and everything I do. 
So it's pretty much it. Like to summarize everything, it was about that. How old were you when you first started jujitsu? I was 14. 14. Yeah, I was a teenager already. I did, like I said, I was very active into surfing from 11 to 15. I mm -hmm. used to do contests and all that. And, but I always studied too. I forgot to mention that. I, I never was one of those guys that uh, left school. No, nothing against who, who didn't do school or, or got graduated. I, for me, it doesn't mean anything. But I actually finished my studies and I have a law degree. Mm -hmm. I have a lawyer license also in Brazil. So I still have, it's, it's still valid. And uh, I did pretty much all of the sports things that I told you, plus I was always in school, which I think is also a very important thing to me as well. Very mm -hmm. important. It gives me other tools that people, some other people don't have, you know. So how did you make the transition of living in Brazil, getting your law degree and deciding, hey, I'm going to go to the United States. I'm going to go to Texas and I'm going to be a Brazilian instructor, Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. Yes. Uh, Lisa, it wasn't easy because first of, uh, of all, uh, whenever I graduated in, in law, I had to decide if I was like doing the law career, the attorney career or go to the legal career or being a jiu-jitsu instructor. I think that doing both the way I was doing, it wouldn't work because I wouldn't focus enough in any of them and it wouldn't work. And of course, jiu-jitsu brought me more happiness, more peace of mind, more health. And, but it was, it was the, 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 the more uncertain way, let's put it this way. So it was a tough decision because I left Rio in 1995 and I moved to the city that we were talking before, BH, called Belo Horizonte because there was a bigger market there. And then uh, Gracie Baja, my organization was expanding. So my master college, Gracie Jr. sent me there. And then I started to work there. And I lived there, Lisa, from 1995 to 2008. And uh, I built, like I said, like a, it was a very successful school uh, with not just the tons of champions that came out of that school, they still come. I'm actually going there, uh, on June 15, I'm going normally two or three times a, a year there. Uh, but not just because of that, but even for Brazilian standards, it was really successful financially too. So, I mean, for jiu-jitsu, for the reality of jiu-jitsu at the time, it was really successful. And then my, 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 my decision to come to the U.S. was actually as hard as it was in, in deciding between uh, the legal career and the jiu-jitsu career. Because... It's not moving cities within a country, which is different. It's moving completely your whole family to a different country. And then you have to do all the, 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 the legal and the immigration procedures. And then it, when you get here, you don't have any document. Nobody, nobody give you anything. You cannot even sign up for electricity. <laughs> you know, like, So things like that. So it was tough. I had like a, a good life in Brazil. I had my own apartment. My kids were in, in a private school. I had a good car. It was, it was a good life. I, I, I was in a good life. But I felt that was, I was a little bit stagnated. You know, I was like, I wasn't going forward. I had that. You know, the economy of Brazil is always a niffy. You know, it's tough. So I wasn't going further. And I also thought that because I always taught seminars in the U.S. since the year 2000 or 1999, I always saw the potential of jiu-jitsu. I saw how big jiu-jitsu became in America with my own eyes, you know, because 
back in 1999 and 2000s, it was like, honestly, probably like 50 times less than where it is right now. Easily, yeah. easily, yeah. easily, easily, easily. And then I saw that every year that I came mm -hmm. back to teach seminars, that the thing was growing. You know, like I, it, there were more students, more schools. People are talking about jujitsu in, in magazines and sometimes on a TV show here and there. So I was like, man, like if we make it here in the U.S., it's going to explode for all over the world because that's how it is. You know, like yeah. normally what happens in the U.S., everybody takes notice and then the thing exports all over the world. And sure enough, that's what happened. You know, yeah. uh, when I moved in 2008, jujitsu was already getting you know, upwards. So I got here in a great time and uh, I was right. You know, I was right because uh, it was tough. Not going to lie. It was tough. So what, like, so what were some of the challenges with opening your business here? Uh, there, I mean, there were a lot of challenges like uh, in, in this, in the business part of it, when we, I got here, I didn't have like uh, uh, all the, 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 the documents that I needed to do everything. I, I mean, I was legal. I was never illegal. I always did the immigration, like by the book and through lawyers and everything. Like my lawyer got my, my visa called uh, extraordinary ability that they give to certain people in certain uh, areas that are like valuable to the country. So I got this visa, it's called O1. Mm -hmm. So, but it took a while, you know, like how it is like bureaucracy from government. So it took a while. So until I have this visa, you know, I couldn't have a social security. And without a social security, you cannot get a credit card. You can barely open a bank account. It's tough. You know, it's it, it's hard to, to rent an apartment. It's hard to do everything. I mean, pretty much you're like a, almost as an illegal, even though I wasn't. I never was, you know. So uh, uh, the, the challenges were like pretty much like that. Uh, I could not, uh, whenever I opened the school, I could not let the school be owned by me legally and i always did everything by the book so i had the the you know him actually i have like a, my great friend and he works for me for for 15 years now professor brandon mullins mm -hmm. professor brandon mullins were pivotal for for us because he pretty much put everything in his name and and who does that it, it's tough and i don't blame anybody to to do like that he knew me for a long time but yeah i mean he didn't know that maybe I go crazy or I get in a divorce or something. I leave back to Brazil and leave him with, with all the, the, the troubles, you know? And, yeah. and, and uh, so he helped me with the paperwork. And then like, whenever I got my proper visa and, and uh, the documents, I could get the documents. So then like, it was phew, night and day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was night and day. And then, um, and that was probably the toughest, uh, uh, the toughest uh, part of in the business sense it was that, like the difficulties of me being able to do trivial stuff. I would explain this to some of the new students that we had and they couldn't understand. They said like, but how they, they, they don't give you this? They said, because I'm not an American. I'm not a, a, an American citizen and I'm depending on my visa to come out. And then my, my, my lawyer, I had a good lawyer, like a guy from California. And uh, my lawyer was constantly telling me that the government was taking a long time because everything was backlogged and I was getting, I got actually anxiety because of that. Cause I was like, man, like 
I started to think like, and I don't know if I did the right thing and this is just so stressful, whatever. Yeah. But it worked. So everything was yeah. great. Now when I'm, at, I'm an American citizen, my whole family is an American citizen. Yeah. Everything is great. That's really interesting because people don't always um, know behind the scenes what's going on. They come yeah. in, they think this, that, and it, they don't understand maybe like the struggle that you made this, yeah. this didn't just happen. Yeah. It, 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 I knew it wouldn't be easy, Lisa. I, I always knew it would be tough. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, you know, like naive in this yeah. point. Yeah. But uh, it gets in a time that sometimes, like when you get like late at night and you get home, that is so tired, so stressed that you you start to think other things, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 and my wife in the beginning she was having a little bit of a problem to adapt to culture, mm -hmm. which was like a little tough too. Now she she loves the U.S. more than anybody that I know. She doesn't even go to she 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 did, she doesn't go to Brazil for like six years oh, you that's know? Interesting. Uh, yeah she loves it but uh, in the beginning it was tough she didn't speak english you know so it was tough yeah so i have a question you were mentioning brazil being a, a volatile place and this is just an assumption you can correct me if i'm wrong yeah do people learn uh jujitsu down in brazil because of survival needs where maybe in the u.s people learn it for entertainment yes yes for entertainment for a hobby in brazil i would say that uh you know, believe it or more, uh, believe it or not, more people do it for the sport, for the peace of mind. And because like it's so big in Brazil that, you know, you know, always know somebody that brings you there. But there is a, 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 an aspect of, like you said, survival uh, in, in there in jiu-jitsu, but not so much in a sense of self-defense only because, I mean, jiu-jitsu is a great self-defense tool no matter what. Mm -hmm. But a lot of like, uh, a lot of times, is for people's minds as well. People are in very tough uh, uh, situations. And uh, jujitsu is one of the best ways for you to have like clarity of mind. Mm -hmm. I still, I mean, I've been doing this forever, as you know. And because of COVID, I couldn't train and I couldn't teach for, for a while. You know, our business got closed and everything. And honestly, Liz, I was kind of losing my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, not losing my mind but I mean I was like I was not myself yeah I was not myself I, I, I was like feeling uh incomplete and empty I was feeling empty I wasn't feeling like myself mm -hmm. you no know? and nothing in this world can bring me to to the peace of mind and to the to the state that I want as jiu-jitsu I and I did thousands of other sports and I'm a pretty active guy but jiu-jitsu gives me what I need to have peace of mind and a lot of people in Brazil are the same way you know, a lot of people, a lot of people feel that their lives are empty. They're missing something. And then they join jujitsu because of that. So um, for the audience that aren't familiar with jujitsu, um, yeah. you kind of touched on a health benefit of it, that um, it brings you into the present moment. And I mm -hmm. think that helps you for with sure. your mind. It's not thinking about the past. It's not thinking about the future. You can almost get into a meditative state. Yes. Um, and then you're also having a physical release because yes. it requires great physical exertion. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of health benefits that people may not realize that you get with jujitsu. What else oh, would you include? Oh yeah, like like you said it. You said great. I mean, uh, uh, all the endorphins that normally sports give you, but jujitsu has the 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 combat nature. Yeah. Even though it's even though it's a, a a controlled environment that you know when people get get you in an armbar or a choke or a footlock, 
you tap and they let go. So it's kind of like, okay, it's like a game. I gave up. Good. You scored. Good. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that's this, this, this kind of trust and this controlled environment, which makes things better. But at the end of the day, this is combat. You know, like uh, when you, when you, you touch hands with somebody and start training with somebody, you try to, to, I mean, in, 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 in like, uh, I would say like in a kind of like tough words, but you try to strangle each other, try to break each other's arm, you try to break each other's leg, of course, in a, in a controlled environment. So this element of combat gives you also more than the peace of mind, confidence. I think like the most uh, uh, important tool for me, for a beginner that, that, that start to train Jiu-Jitsu is acquiring confidence. Because you are in a confrontational situation, sometimes 10 times a day with different people. Mm-hmm. And they are different. They train different. Sometimes some people kick your butt and sometimes you kick the other person's butt. Sometimes it's like the draw or whatever. Yeah. So this gives you confidence in mm-hmm. all aspects of your life. I am a, I can clearly say uh, to you, Lisa, that I am not afraid to go, for example, for business meeting with like one of the most powerful guys in the world. I'm not going to be intimidated by him. I'm not going to be intimidated or bullied in, 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 by somebody or someone in a different area, which is not martial arts. I'm not going to get bullied because I have the confidence in myself and the confidence of the combat confidence that I don't need to be worried about. I don't need to be, I don't need to be oppressed, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's not arrogance or not being cocky or anything. It's just because you have a real confidence when yeah. yourself. And this, I carry this for the rest of my life. I, 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 uh, I apply all this in all areas of my life. Yeah. You know, of course, on the positive way, you know, like I just want you guys to understand that, you know, everything to, to, to extreme is bad at anything in life. So mm-hmm. with, you know, with like common sense, yeah. you know, that confidence, I would say maybe number one, Lisa, number yeah. one among all the benefits, confidence. Yeah. Sure. So I, I did jujitsu for about a year and, yeah. um, and you're doing great. I remember you did great. you're tough. Yeah. Training, yeah. you're training constantly too. You, you, you're not yeah. like one of those people that go once and never comes back and come back again. And, and, I, and I noticed that um, some of the things that were required of me for doing it was discipline because you have to show up. I mean, your body has to get conditioned exactly. and it also, you have to have bravery to step on that mat every day. Yeah. You, it really tests, it tests you, um, yeah. you're challenged, um, you're doing team sportsmanship, uh, there's so many things that can be learned in jujitsu and so many health benefits besides um, increasing your physical fitness, obviously, but yeah. there's a lot of mental stuff that uh, you get all get in that one class. hundred percent. You said it all. Uh, uh, it, it's not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, to go in an environment like that, especially because if you didn't have any previous experience of another martial art, or maybe sometimes, like I said, that, street smartness that I had it's tough for a regular person to go there and you look there's a bunch of like really tough people Mm -hmm. dozens of them you know and you know you have to jump on that shark tank (laughs) you know but but once you do it you can you can you can attest that uh Lisa once you do it and you finish the class you feel way better than before the class 
for sure. Yeah. Um, so I noticed jujitsu attracts all kinds of people for all different kinds of reasons. Um, yeah. For example, you have a youth program that um, it can help kids that are being bullied so that they can get that self-confidence that you talked about and uh -huh. you know, maybe that self-discipline that they might need. Um, what are some other people that get attracted to jiu-jitsu and why? Well, there's a, like people from all, all, uh, all walks of life, you know, like there's like a, the wannabe fighter, MMA champion. Yes. The most of the time when they go, they leave because they think they're tough and they think they know something and they think and they face the reality. They get humbled. They, yeah, they, they get humbled, but some people cannot take it. Right. They, cannot, they prefer to live in a fantasy land that they are tough, that they know. But once they get faced, when they face reality, they see it's not like that. But some people can take it. That's that's some of these people still. Uh, of course, the kids they go for 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 fitness, for 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 uh, defending, uh, for self defense. Some people are being oppressed. Some kids are being oppressed, like you said. So bullying is a problem, and they want to stand up for themselves. Yeah, uh, police officers. A, yes. Say police again. officers. Police officers have tons. They go to you know to be better in a in a hand to hand combat, which is like something very useful for their profession. There's all kinds of people, Lisa. But uh, I, my favorite kind, I'll tell you, my favorite kind of people that shows up brand new to try jujitsu is the person who's struggling with confidence. We talk about confidence again. I, I we have students. Uh, during all my career in Brazil and here and all over the world, that literally, Lisa, they couldn't even, I, I didn't even hear their voice because they, I couldn't even, because they didn't talk. Wow. You say, hey, hey, Joe, how are you doing? Everything okay? You need something? Like that. And, and you see, like, even their body, like, mm. they have all that shyness. They have all that insecurity. They are like not comfortable in between people, mm -hmm. you know, for different reasons. And these people, they change. Mm -hmm. How many people, how many people like I cross my path that I different people. Now they even, they, they walk different. They are confident in their stuff. They're not cocky or arrogant. Yeah. They're just confident. Yeah. You know, and this is for me the most important thing because living in fear and living uh, 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 oppressed. It's the worst thing in the world for me. You know, yeah. it's not even worth it. You know what I mean? So you have to try to find a way to to improve your 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 life. And I think like confidence is one of the most important things. A lot of people neglect that, but changes our life. Hundred percent. It's so cool to see people make that transformation. Yes. From what yes. you're saying, people shy, and all of a sudden, a year later, they're a different person. Exactly. Exactly. So this is this is for me like the. The, my favorite kind of students when they show up. I mm -hmm. love like to be able to contribute a little bit for a better life for this person's, you know. Yeah. So I know jujitsu is primarily um, male population and a younger population, but you do have more females getting interested and older populations, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s mm -hmm. doing jujitsu. Um, mm -hmm. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yes. Uh, yeah, there is more uh, 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 male. There are more males training. Yes. But if you compare the number of girls nowadays, Lisa, from my time when I first started. Yeah. It, uh, uh, sometimes I sit down and I look at my class 
and we have like 20 girls in one class. 20. That would be like unimaginable back in the 80s when I first started, you know? I mean, it was like, it was just a couple girls. Yeah. And, and so the, 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 the girls, uh, I, I'm talking about adults, okay? The, 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 the adults, uh, adult uh, women, they, they, they are like growing like exponentially for jujitsu, which is great. Believe it or not, Lisa, for the kids, jujitsu, it's almost 50 50. Really? Yes. Which That's is interesting. Great. Yeah, it's almost 50 50. And it wasn't, but during the, I'm here for a little over 13 years, and I saw this happening. I saw little by little, progressively. Nowadays, there are classes, especially the little, the little ones, there are mm -hmm. more girls than boys. In wow. Yes. That is interesting. Yes. You know. And uh, what's the oldest person you've trained? The oldest person I trained, I mean, I still have a student in Brazil. His name is Luis and he's 76. Wow. And, and, but it's, it's not just that he trains. Mm -hmm. He competes in his uh, age division and weight division. And he was the number two ranked in the world in his division. Wow. Uh, it was a very, uh, we call him old man, of course, you know, value. <laughs> Has he been doing jujitsu a long time or did he's, he start later? He started to train jujitsu uh, when, when he was 55. So he's oh. been training for 20 years. He started with 55. Oh, that's a lot fantastic. of people with 55, they're already like, oh, I'm done. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. He's been doing jujitsu for 20 years, around 20 years now. Wow, what an inspiration that it's never too late. You can start at any age. Don't any let that age, you know, it's it's like you said, it's uh, it all comes down to discipline, you know. Yeah. It's not gonna be every day that you're gonna feel like training. It's it's right. nothing in life is like that, you know. Sometimes you don't feel like working out, sometimes you don't feel like even watch a movie, you don't feel like it. You you, yeah. you just want to do something different. Mm -hmm. But if you know this thing is important to you, discipline is worth it because you know it's gonna be better after all. Yeah. So the year that I did jujitsu, I will admit, I was probably in the best shape of my life. And that's me starting in my early 40s. But I was also in the most busted up shape in my life. I had several injuries in that year. So it was a weird feeling to feel yeah. so in shape. But I had, just from my year of doing it, I had a bruised rib. Yeah. I had torqued my knee. I'd sprained my ankle. I, I couldn't that. close my hand because it was like this from grabbing the gi. Yeah, um, I had a turf toe or I broke my, my big toe. I mean, so I was busted up, but I was in phenomenal shape that year. Yeah. It was I a mean, weird feeling. You, you, you touch on a, on a good subject, you know, <laughs> like uh, whoever says that combat sports are a walk in the park, they're lying. Only if you're doing like uh, aerobics, like not touching anybody. Otherwise, combat sports have an imminent risk of injuries. But like you said, you said several injuries that you had, nothing too serious, thank God, mm -hmm. you know? So I think like uh, uh, for me, right, my, my opinion, I prefer to have these little things that you have and I had like all of them and more. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have all of them yeah. than have a poor health of not doing anything. You know, like having like a, high blood pressure, having like obesity problems, having depression. Mm -hmm. People who train jujitsu like regularly in, in, a, in, in a constant way, they don't have this kind of things. 
believe it or not. They, I mean, they don't have like, even they say, oh, depression is something that can get anybody. I know that. I mean, I have this yeah. in my family, but through jujitsu, I've seen depressed people make it their function. You know, they, they, they work it out. They make it happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can have one thing here and there, but I mean, for me to be in shape, clear conscience, full of confidence, yeah, I'll take it all day. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was uh, a student at your school that's very inspirational. Uh, he doesn't have legs, and yeah. he shows up. I mean, so if your leg is sprained, your ankles torqued, I mean, this guy has no legs, and he's doing jujitsu. Yeah, I remember uh, him, Johnny Boy. Yes. Yeah, he's a, he's a veteran from uh, Iraq. And uh, he was like the leader of his platoon. So he, when he entered uh, a compound, mm. grew up. And, and, and the crazy thing is that the legs were gone right there. Sometimes, you know, like they have to cut it off because he gets, the legs were gone right there, but he doesn't remember anything. He just remember himself waking up in a, in a hospital in Germany. Mm. So he woke up. And he looked, he doesn't have, he didn't have his legs. And this guy, you know, Lisa, you know, you met him. This guy is besides me, like the biggest inspiration for everybody from our school. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. He's he like a purple belt. Every day, never complains about one thing. He is always smiling. He never say no to anything. Yeah. You know, he's always in great spirits. That guy is amazing. You know, yeah. and and uh, and, uh, and uh, it, it, it makes everybody think. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. and he says it too. He says it like if he wasn't for jujitsu, he doesn't know if he would be the same person. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he trains every single day. He's a brown belt now, and yeah. a tough one. Let me tell you. Yeah. Tough. He's very, very, very tough. I see him like submitting people pretty much every day. I'm not joking. Every single day. Tough people, big, strong guys. Yeah. You know? He's on his way to get a black belt, isn't he? Yeah, he I would say he still have like maybe maybe a little over a year yeah. to have the minimal time of the, the federation. But man, like me giving a black belt to him, that would be honestly like one of the highlights of my life yeah. in a, as a as a jujitsu instructor yeah. professor. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Yes. Um, so I think it's important to touch on the injuries because that is a point of yeah. contention with jujitsu and you have to balance that and have to have good health care, yeah. um, a good doctor, you know, but that's the risk you take. And sometimes you have to take those risks to get the rewards. Yes. Um, I do remember a, a student in class who said he wouldn't show up to class if he had more than three injuries. That was his cutoff. So don't let, okay, you have one injury here, you know, you could just, yeah. your arms broke, you can still, you got three other limbs that you can, uh, you can do jujitsu with. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Uh, most of the injuries, there's a way for you to work around it, you mm-hmm. know, around that. So for example, oh, my, my wrist is killing me. So immobilize the wrist, use one hand and your other limbs, the whole part of your body. In a controlled way, of course, nothing irresponsible. And same thing happens to pretty much almost every injury. Almost every injury, we, there is a way that we can uh, can make it work. I mean, just like spine injuries, that I mean, there's nothing you can do when you have those. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough. And, and rib, like you said, believe it or not, like the rib sometimes is not it's not even like super serious, 
body can't move so he cannot even sneeze so yeah. it's uh stuff to do everything right Yep. But uh, most of the injuries, you can walk, you know, you, you can work around that, you know, yeah. you, you can make it, you can keep your, your training going in, in, in an intelligent way. Yeah. Know? And it, a good thing is, you know, good communication with your training partners so that they sure. know where your, maybe your weaknesses sure. are so that you can be safe and you can train longer. Yeah. And the, the, the level of confidence, you know that because you train there, not just in my gym, but the level of confidence of jujitsu training partners has to be the, the, the biggest, one of the biggest of all, because you're trusting pretty much your life to somebody. Mm -hmm. they, you, you trust, you know that if you tap, or if you say tap, or if you say, you got me, it's over. Yeah. We start again, nobody gets hurt. You know, if you have to have that level of trust. Uh, it's not like something like a, like a, a psychopath or something that you will get you on something, not let go and break your arm or choke yeah. you out or something. Uh, in jiu-jitsu, that's this, this, uh, this bond that you trust the person. And the person has to trust you because you can, you, you can be the one getting that, mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I think this is beautiful. I think like uh, this is one of the reasons why I think most, a lot of people get their best friends in the jiu-jitsu academy. A lot of people. Myself, I mean, my best friends come from jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, easily. You know, more than college, more than school. The, the jiu-jitsu mats gave me my, 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 my best friends. Mm -hmm. You know, and, uh, and, and believe it or not, my best friends, me and, me, me and them, for a while, we were like trying to kill each other. It, of course trusting each other but right. we're really competitive really yeah. extremely competitive so you're, you're challenging each other to be better exactly just exactly but i i i had the trust that mm -hmm. i could live my life on their hands yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't do anything bad or hurt me intentionally nothing yeah you know i don't know maybe that's why because the level of trust that I have to have and then translates to friendships. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, think so. I don't know how to explain, but. You yeah. know, um, that's a really key point about jujitsu gyms is that they're not all the same. So you want to make sure that when you are maybe enrolling sure. in a school that you uh, talk to the professor like Dracolino, see what type of culture they have. Cause I know Dracolino has one of great respect and discipline and uh, people that aren't going to be that way. They can see the door. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 I, I believe also, Lisa, that I don't believe too much in bad students. I believe in bad instructors. Okay. A lot of instructors can, uh, can make the envir environment very toxic because they are toxic people. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, like it's crazy. Like the head instructor of a school normally sets the tone on how the school is from top to bottom, from mm -hmm. the employees from the students, you know, if you get somebody who is like a very cocky, arrogant and uh, selfish, everybody will be like that on the gym, everybody. And whoever's not leaves, you know? And it's the same thing with us. We try to be polite, we try to be respectful. We try to be uh, human with people the more we can. And then when you get people that wanna try to change that culture, we kick them out because I mean, what are you going to do? We're going to, are not going to let like something beautiful be spoiled by a couple of uh, persons and actions, you know? Yeah. I mean? yeah. 
Um, so in jujitsu, there's a belt system that people go through. It's you start off as a white belt, then you graduate to a blue belt, and then you graduate to a purple, brown, and then black. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what it requires um, for black belt? Uh, first of all, like we take belts really seriously in our school. Like we we will not give a belt to somebody who's not ready or doesn't deserve. And also like every belt has a minimum time. You have to stay for a certain minimum time on, on the belt. I mean, the time is different depending on the belt, but, uh, but pretty much uh, for you to get your black belt, you have to be, of course, got, you have to get all the other belts that you have. And then when you're brown, we have to be at least a year and a half, at least mm -hmm. a year and a half uh, uh, as a brown belt. And then after that, that's, that's the funny part. Like it's very individual, the criteria, you know, that like, it's not like some other martial arts that, oh, okay, you have to do these moves one, two, three, and you have to show me this and I have to show me that. And then you get your belt if you do it correctly. It's not like that. We take in consideration the whole reality of the person. I'm not gonna give the same treatment to a businessman of like 60 years old that trains three times a week then I'll give to a kid, a 22-year-old kid that trains every single day, that smashes everybody. I have to treat them differently. Yeah. In regards to belt, I have to. Otherwise, it's not fair and it's not. It, it, there's no common sense. So uh, uh, with the with the time, like we acquire experience enough to have the feeling, you know, for that. So minimum time is for everybody. It doesn't matter. It can be whoever. It can be the Pope, the UFC champion. It doesn't matter. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you are. Minimum time. After the minimum time, it's kind of like under the instructor's uh, discretion, at least in our uh, in our system. And uh, and for you to be a black belt, these are, that was the first question. Um, it's not easy, as you, mm -hmm. as you know. It's not very easy at all. It takes dedication. It takes discipline. It takes a lot of things. You also. But, Look yeah. at character and integrity. That's 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 what I was getting. I don't give a black belt to somebody yeah. that I know is not a good person. Mm -hmm. If I know for a fact that this person is not a good person, that's a bad person, that all these years of jujitsu didn't change them enough, I'm not going to give them the black belt. Mm -hmm. You know, I take this very, very seriously. You know, like in Brazil, there's like a, a funny saying that people say, some jiu-jitsu instructors say, i rather sell my mother than give a fake black belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's kind of like an exaggerated, but some people say that. Yeah. You know, so in a, in a point, I agree, because a black belt under you is the continuation of your legacy. Yeah. And having a black belt, I mean, sometimes you get wrong, but it's, don't get me wrong, sometimes you some people they they hide they hide really well you know mm, they hide you who know. they are yeah some people some people you you uh you get to know them sometimes for years and then when a certain situation happens you know exactly who they are yeah you know and that can happen even after somebody gets a black belt it can happen it happened to me before you know yeah but uh but at least we try it for the best of our intentions you know yeah how old were you when you got your black belt I was 23. 23. And you had been tra training since you were like 14? 14, yes, yes. In, in the past, it was a, 
I took a long time in my belts because I was always a, a, a strong competitor. Mm-hmm. And I remember that uh, for the teams, it was very important to guarantee really tough people in, 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 in all the, the, the divisions and all belts. So we, like competitors, always took longer than the regular person. Mm-hmm. Uh, our teachers always left us like longer for us to keep winning and, and making the team uh, to fight for the overall titles and the biggest competitions and all that. And I was okay with that. I mean, I, I, I'd rather be one of those guys that takes longer than, than get the black belt before the time. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and with me, it, it was like that. And, uh, you know, I don't regret at all. And I don't have any, and it took a while, but it came on, on the time that needed to come. Yeah. Um, speaking of competitions, there's mm-hmm. world and there's national competitions. Um, do you foresee in the future that jujitsu might um, evolve into the Olympics or anything like that? That's that's the million dollar question, Lisa. Uh, I am not. Uh, I I didn't have peace with, with myself yet with the idea of jujitsu in the Olympics, because uh, what I saw that happened to other martial arts styles after they made it. Uh, as an Olympic uh, uh, sport, it wasn't very good for the martial side of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it turned into something that uh, is sport only. That's it. High, uh, uh, high performance. And I'm okay with that. I was an athlete. I understand. But if, a, if your martial art turns only into that, I think there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and because I think if you lose the martial art aspect, of every martial art, it's it's complicated, you know? And I think that what I saw with other styles, that kind of happened, you know, like uh, uh, when they made the Olympic teams. I mean, the level grows exponentially because the, the Olympics are, you know, everybody wants to be an Olympic champion. But uh, for jiu-jitsu, I think that it will be better, in my humble opinion, to not make jiu-jitsu with the Gi Olympic because the gi is the tradition and everybody learns the self-defense, I would put grappling in the Olympics. Because no. on the, if you call submission grappling, you, you, I think then the, the correct name would be submission grappling. Mm-hmm. So you can have people from, not just from jiu-jitsu, from judo, from wrestling, from catch wrestling, from, uh, any, from bank pancreas, from every other grappling, um, grappling style, and then they put everybody together, kind of like a, kind of like it is with uh, the uh, ADCC World Championship. The ADCC World Championship is the biggest competition. No gi it happens since 1998. I competed once in there. It comes from the from Abu Dhabi, from the United Arab Emirates, and uh, there's a prince, billionaire prince, a sheikh that pays for everything still this day. So it's kind of like the Olympic of, Olympic of grappling, the ADCC. And I think that would be perfect for an Olympic format that. I think it's perfect yeah. because it, it, it's, it's a sport that uh, it will be, yes, only 100% for uh, uh, high performance, but it doesn't matter because only athletes will jump on this thing. It's kind of like the UFC, for example, mm-hmm. you know, like... Uh, mixed martial arts, you know, like the regular person would never 
jump on a cage. You never jump on a ring to fight, you know? So that's okay. It's high performance. Who's the champion? Who's the best? But we don't need to worry about the whole thing because, you know, there's no martial art aspect on it. It's different, mm -hmm. you know? That, that's, that's my point. So I'm a little, I may change my mind. I don't know. But for <laughs> now, that's what I think. So um, where do you see yourself, Professor Giacolino, in 20 years? 20 years. In 20 years, I'll be 70 years old because I'm turning 50 soon. Oh, happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I see myself in 20 years uh, being wiser, being, I will try my best to be super healthy, the best that I can, because without health, what's the point, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I hope that uh, I will be a little more, how can I say, a little less stressed out because sometimes I tend to be stressed out because I have, I'm so busy. I have, you know, people from all over the world looking for me and I have to solve problems for them and I have my own problems. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I get, Ugh. so I, I, I want to find the peace of mind. If it wasn't for jiu-jitsu, it would be crazy. Like I'm telling you right now. Uh, so I would find a peace of mind to be, to be able to be more relaxed. So yeah. <laughs> I hope I can get that. Will you still be doing jujitsu? You think at 70? hundred percent. I know for sure. I know for sure. I'll do, the, I'll do jujitsu until the day I die. I know that for sure. You know, while God gives me mm -hmm. like the minimal, bare minimal health for me to do jujitsu, I'll do it. You know, you saw, you see like Grandmaster Elio Gracie, yeah. he died 97 and he was teaching class one month before he died on the mats with the gi. Can be done, you know? And of course, do you think he never had a lot of injuries? Of course he had. Did you, you, did know? you know Helio? Yes. Like uh, he, uh, in reality, Helio, uh, there are two, the two brothers, the two most important brothers of the Gracie family, Carlos mm -hmm. and Helio. Carlos is the oldest, Helio is the youngest, mm -hmm. but Helio was the one that fought more and Carlos was kind of more the coach and more the visionary. Mm -hmm. My lineage of, uh, of learning Gracie Jiu-Jitsu or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whatever you want to call it, it comes from the Carlos side. Mm -hmm. My master, Carlos Gracie Jr., is a son of Carlos Gracie. Yes. So even though it was the same family and Jiu-Jitsu pretty much the same, it was a little bit of a, a different philosophy, a little bit, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I got to, 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 to know him. I actually was blessed when I was younger to, uh, to win a competition and he put the medal on my, <laughs> on my neck. You know, oh, nice. I remember that. It was, it was probably 17 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I have fun memories of him and, and the Master Carlos too. Master Carlos was always like very calm. He, he, he always give, gives you kind of like that, peace of mind cessation. He's always like methodical, nice, calm. Elio was kind of more like me. He's kind of more like, you know, like uh, all over the place, you know, and tough and, you know, do this, do this, and I'll do it, you know, like active, more active, I would say. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, I got the, the blessing to, to get to know him, you know. Wow. Very cool. Interesting history that you, uh, you definitely come from and have come to the States and to share all of that with us. Um, I think it's really awesome. Thank you so much for the time. That was great. Yes. Anything else you'd like to add? That might be uh, I, 
I would, you know, pretty much just uh, reinforce what you've been saying, which was get, which is good. Uh, if you think about if you think about doing something for yourself, in order to to achieve uh, any of the elements that we talked about here, try a good jujitsu academy. You know, like you said, try it out. Talk to an instructor, feel the vibe, see how you feel, and then you know try to embark on this journey because, uh, you know, it's going to be something that you're never going to forget for the rest of your life. I don't know if you're going to do it for the rest of your life, but you will never forget. Absolutely. And you'll meet the coolest people. And that's what I found. Yeah. yeah, really yeah. Awesome you're, students there. You're right. You're right. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Or Dr. Professor Dracolino. <laughs> Not a doctor. <laughs> Professor Dracolino. Um, if you guys like this video, please give it a thumbs up and leave a comment in the box below. And uh, thank you again for watching. And thank you, Professor Dracolino. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay. Have a good day.